All right, friends, with that, let us listen to our second lesson. It's in here somewhere. There she is. From the ninth chapter of John's Gospel, verses 1 through 7 and 18 through 25. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When Jesus had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go and wash in the pool of Shalom, which means scent. The man went and washed and came back able to see. Now the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight. And they asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? And his parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But we do not know how it is that he now sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and they said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man, this Jesus, is a sinner. And the man answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, May your spirit guide every word that is spoken. And may your spirit guide our hearts and minds as we hear your word this day. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Our passage today starts with my least favorite question. Whose fault is it? I hate that question. And I think I dislike it because I'm much more interested in just going forward. But I was thinking about it and I was like, do I not like the question because it's usually me who's at fault? Probably. But the disciples are asking this question because they're trying to learn. At this time, if you had any sort of moral or 
any sort of question about God, you went to your rabbi and you asked them the question. And so when they see this man who is blind, they say to Jesus, teacher, who sinned? This man's parents and their sin meant that he would be blind or him. Some even thought that maybe the child sinned in the womb and therefore were born blind. That was a common conception at the time. And Jesus is very clear. No one sinned. This is not due to anyone's sin. And in fact, he says, this man was born blind so that we might see God's work in him. Now, Jesus is not saying that people are born with infirmity to glorify God. Jesus is saying we are all put here to glorify God. Every last one of us, that is our life's work and purpose, to glorify God with what we do. And further, Jesus says this man will glorify God because Jesus heals this man. And all those people who have stood around wondering who Jesus is, all of those people who have come to see the signs and the wonders, they see this man healed. He had never had sight, and suddenly he can see. Now, the disciples ask that question, whose fault is it? Because they were trying to get at a theological truth, right? It's a theological question. What caused this? If you want a theological answer... The answer is in the dirt and the mud that Jesus uses to heal the man because it was God who created humanity out of dust. And it is God as Jesus Christ who takes that dust and makes the mud that helps the man to see. I find it so interesting that the disciples want to know who's at fault and Jesus seems to say, how can we help? You can have all your theological claims that you want, but it means nothing if you don't see the person standing in front of you and help them. And so, as is the central question of John's gospel, then everybody wants to know, who is this? Is it the prophet? Is it the Messiah? And we have in this passage discussion about the Jews. Friends, this is not the whole of the Jewish people. Whenever you read the Jews, particularly in John's gospel, it just means the religious leaders. It means me and Brett, right? It's the people in that religious community who lead it. And because they lead it, they have some power. And would you like to know who's threatening that power? It's Jesus who comes to say, it's not what happens in the synagogue and it's not necessarily what they teach you. It's how you will live out what I am showing you as you care for others. And so there's this power struggle going on. And his poor parents, on a day when they should be celebrating their healed child, this has to be the greatest day of their lives. Instead, they have to defend themselves to the religious authorities. And the best they can do is say, ask him, he's an adult. And this man has gone around saying that it's Jesus who has healed him. And so the tact that the religious leaders take is, this man is a sinner. And if he is a sinner, he cannot be the Messiah. And so that's what they bring to the man who has been healed. 
and he gives the most beautiful and elegant testimony you will ever hear. I don't know if he is a sinner, but one thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. That's all. Didn't make a big theological claim about who Jesus was. Didn't engage them in any sort of debate, but told them the truth of what had happened in his life. Now, I love that kind of testimony. I am a person who identifies herself as someone who has that testimony. You can't get from where I started to where I am today without the care and love of a gracious God. It's not possible. That will always be my testimony. But it's interesting that Jesus meets this man and he asks, what does he need? This man right in front of me. And he gives him that. And from that springs the man's testimony. I was thinking about many, many, many years ago when I was very young and I worked as a youth director at the Presbyterian Church in Athens and my friend Will was the youth director at the Baptist Church. And one Saturday morning, Will is at the church recovering from a lock-in and the phone rings and they say, this is the police and we are in this woman's home and she needs to be removed from this home and taken to get medical attention and she won't go. And she won't go until she speaks to a pastor. And Will said, I'm not a pastor, I'm just the youth director. And the policeman said, come anyway. You're needed. And so Will goes down to the part of town that we've probably never been in. And this woman lives in basically a shack. And he walks in and there's garbage and refuse stacked everywhere. And there is this little woman in her 70s sitting in a wheelchair. And Will says, I'm from the Baptist church. And she says, you know, I I was a nurse my whole life. And I took care of children. And I didn't marry. And I didn't have kids of my own. Because I knew that I was called to that work. But I've been sitting here for months. And all I can think about is all the kids that I lost. And all the mistakes that I made. And that policeman wants to take me so that I can go get help. But I I don't deserve it. Let me tell you about the babies that I cared for that didn't live. And Will, gosh, we were so young, y'all. Will starts in on, well, you can't blame yourself. And uh, you did all you could. All of these platitudes. And he can tell it's not working. And she's becoming more and more frantic. And Will said in one of the few times in his life, he just heard this voice that said, she wants to be forgiven. And so Will took a look at this broken and suffering woman right before him. And he said, all of us fall short of the glory of God. And we are all forgiven And he said, you could see all of that weight lift. And she was able to sit a little straighter. And she turned to the policeman and said, I'm I'm ready now. 
I don't know what happened to that woman. I checked with Will and he never heard from her again either. But I like to think that she left that place and was able to give her own testimony. I was broken and I could not forgive myself and I was haunted and God forgave me. I like to think she went out to all the world and said, I was blind, but now I see the love and grace of God. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are called to help the person in front of us. And we are called to share our testimony of all the ways that we have been loved and forgiven and unburdened thanks to the love of God. It is the greatest truth that God knows us completely and loves us still. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.